Hello, welcome to another episode of Are We There Yet? Don't worry, this is not another pit stop. This is not another solo Tiffany episode. I actually have two guests with me. Well, one of them's your co-host, but he feels like a guest because he's been gone for so long. I'm throwing shade at you, Brock. We're back. I know. So if you're wondering why it's just been a Tiffany takeover the last couple of months, that's because Brock went off on a new venture, and that was coaching high school baseball. It was fantastic, but we can get into that later. Yeah, and since I didn't know the right questions to ask him, obviously we, we brought on Jonathan Jawade. Hello. He's back. You may remember him. He is the COO of Baseballism, which has grown incredibly since we talked to him over well year, over a year ago. A year and a half ago. Yeah. And so we wanted to touch base, and I also wanted to have someone that Brock could actually talk baseball with. So here we are. Can't wait. And hey I'm guys. happy to be here. Hello, Fran. What up? So what have you been up to? A lot. Um, I can't say that I've been coaching high school baseball, uh, <laughs> which I know can take a lot of time and... Oftentimes, not be very rewarding. So um, it has ups and downs for sure. (laughs) I I totally understand because I coached it for seven years. But other than that, I have been coaching. Um, Aside from work, I've been coaching my five year old son's little league team. Um, And that has been interesting, um, rewarding, better than coaching high school, but challenging. Is he on some club? Is club a thing in baseball? Like soccer? Very much so. Okay. Is he it, on like some club superstar team? Because I've seen videos of him when he was like four, three, four, and he was already swinging great. Well, I appreciate the compliment. He's not playing club yet. I feel like that might be a little premature for five. He's so good though. I'm He's sure eerily good. Clubs are out there though. They are. They are. And, but then but then you're that dad, right? You're that dad that put your son in club baseball at five years old. <laughs> and I can't bring myself to that. So no, he's playing standard Little League baseball on a city field with no umpires. That's what he's doing. Coach pitch, right? Coach pitch. Yep. Yep. So I have to ask too, when do you feel like the politics in baseball start? At five? I don't think they've started yet. And maybe I'm doing a good job of like, make it go away. Because I've been very (laughs) clear with my parents that we're just rotating positions. And I haven't felt the politics yet. Um, if I was to guess, I would say eight or nine years old, it, it starts to get thick. Cause by high school it is full swing. Oh man. Yeah. You're coaching at a private school. Yeah. All those, you know, I mean, I can't say negative things about private school, but I can say that perhaps the parents might feel a touch entitled. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's, it wasn't too bad. The school's not a massive school. So a lot of the kids that were on the team, we'd actually cut anybody, which was nice. Um, but we, it was a five, a or is a five, a school, which isn't as large as a six, a school. Um, but we only had a JV and a varsity team, no, no freshman team. And the league, um, had some big, some big schools in it. Wilsonville's in that league. Who's no longer a six, a, yeah, they're like right on the cusp of five, a six, a, but them too. Also, they have, um, just a JV and varsity. And it was really interesting to see how many kids now lacrosse is like the cool sport. Lax is like uh, all where it's at. I played lacrosse in high school. Let it be known. Of course. I started it. <laughs> <laughs> you started it or played a whole season? I played two years worth. Two years? Yes. Oh. I was a um, midfielder. Oh, I know nothing about lacrosse positions at all, actually. Similar to soccer, I would assume. It's soccer with sticks for girls. It's freeze tag for girls. So it's <laughs> not fun to watch. You have to... 
guys hit each other, that's a little more entertaining. With girls, if you foul, and that means any almost any sort of stick contact, a whistle is blown and everyone has to freeze and the offender has to walk I think it's like four feet behind the the person they fouled and then play resumes. And this hap- this is happening at, like at least every five minutes. Like a walk of shame. Yes, but talk about Starts. screaming, let them play. I mean, that's the whole the game is just parents yelling, like, let, let them play because they're so bored. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. I, I was really athletic in high school. I don't know what happened. Mm. Lacrosse, huh? Uh-huh. Glorious. Yeah, lacrosse is like, I feel like lacrosse is the cool sport in high school now, for sure. Like, there's definitely some kids that would play lacrosse that if they would have played baseball would have been huge standouts. It's so East Coast, like yeah, prep school. Yeah, it's just such an interesting thing. Like, I feel like it's such a competition now to get kids to, to come over. Like, we mentioned club. Uh, Jonathan, do you feel like baseball in high school, even maybe younger too, do you feel like it's becoming more of a club-type sport? 100%. And that is has become challenging. Like, when you and I played baseball oh, in high school, yeah. it was, we played American Legion probably, right? American yeah. Legion Summer. Mm-hmm. And that is... So for those that don't know, American Legion is really an extension of high school where you're being coached by your high school. It's not associated with the high school, but high schools play each other in the summer. And it was, it was awesome. Now it's this dogfight between high school coaches and travel ball coaches because these kids want to go get recruited, right? And their parents are just pumping them. Like, exactly. You're good enough to play college. You need to play travel ball. And a lot of, I mean, coaches know what's real life. Um, and and college baseball is not real life for everybody. And so these days, it's a big tug of war between should I play high school, summer baseball, or should I go play travel baseball and try to get recruited by some D3 school in Wisconsin? No, nothing against Wisconsin, but it's just, it's Throw it's names out there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an interesting shift because I've always thought that at the core of baseball, it goes back to kids in your neighborhood playing on the dirt. That know? is exactly what I think. Yeah. But it's definitely changed. It is all wow. about how can I get recruited You've got parents that pay thousands every year for their kid to be on this elite club team just so they can go, their parents can go brag and say, oh, my kid got an athletic scholarship. Yep, 100%. Well, guess what? You just paid for that whole scholarship. You could have paid for college with what you paid for travel baseball and your kid didn't even play, right? So it's 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 a tug of war. It's a status thing. And baseball um, is not cheap for sure. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's an expensive sport, especially when you cl- play club. I mean, it could be $8,000 a year. Because baseball. of travel or yeah. equipment? Both, uh, yeah. Yep. It's the tournaments they go to. Mm-hmm. Um, they can say, oh, come to this tournament in Colorado because we're going to have 250 college scouts there. And so that's the draw, right? Okay. Oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to play well. Um, and I'm going to get a college scholarship. And so that's the, the bait and switch that you see. Has that affected baseballism at all? <sighs> um, it has. In, it, as much as I talk about it in a negative way, um, it is, it's positive for us. Right. Because what you're doing is you're telling a kid, although I don't think it's totally right, you're telling a kid, if you want an opportunity to play college sports, you need to specialize in this sport, right? right. And so when you specialize in it, you're playing it year round. And when you're playing it year round, you're just soaking, you're living baseball, right? And our num- our customers are people that live and die by baseball. Yeah, families. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's helped us. It's helped us as much as I think, at least for my own personal kid, I want him to explore um, not only multiple sports, but music and art and all these things. And a lot of times the culture has driven towards you play one sport, you play it year round and you just work and really, really hard. you be good at it. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. one thing that was great about our, our head coaches. He was very much against 
sticking just to one sport, like building a whole character and your whole athleticism around multiple sports. And I thought that was really cool that he's still, you know, kids in the summer ball. For this year, actually, we have a shortstop and a second baseman kid that's going to be our varsity starters next year. And one of them's really good at playing basketball and summer ball basketball started too. And it's like, hey, you know, just go back and forth between the two. You don't need to just pick one and isolate yourself to that. And that was really cool to see. That's awesome to get that support because that is um, few and far between. Oh, absolutely. Um, the little league that you guys are in or what is what league is like, what is it called? What is the division called for you guys? Uh, so we're in North Portland Little League and the division um, is called Coastal. Oh, yes. So we were um, sponsored by Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, no big but deal. Our, uh, no big deal. But our team name chosen by the players, we were the Monster Trucks. <laughs> yes. We were the Monster Trucks. Yeah. So we, we had a lot of fun. So age range is like five to eight. So quite oh, wow. a big range. That's a really big range. We had a couple kids that were eight that shouldn't have been on the team, yeah. but played for us last year and wanted to get that same experience. Got it. So we let them back. So is there no farm league then? So farm is, it- is the next step. So in our league, it's T-ball. And then they wanted to create something in between T-ball and farm. So it's oh. coach pitch or coastal. So when you go, so in our league, it's all coach pitch unless the kid can't hit the ball in four pitches. Then we pull out the T and they crush. <laughs> farm is a combination of kid pitch and then this weird sling machine. It's like a pitching machine or like? Yeah, but not. It's like, it, it's a pitching machine, but it, it slings the ball. There's no electricity. It's just I've pull lever, it. pitch it. It's terrible. It's so bad for baseball. Talk about attrition. You got to load this thing up. You got a kid <laughs> behind the plate trying to catch. He gets crushed in the mask. The ball goes to the right. Now he's got to walk after the ball. No no kid that's eight years old in catcher's gear is running, no. right? So talk about everybody's like, oh, how can we make baseball faster? How can we speed the game up? Well, let me tell you, farm slows it way down. And I mean, it's terrible. Wow. What's after nice. farm? Miners. Miners. So nine and ten. And that's when I would say it gets real. Is yeah. that what I watch on TV? No, you watch majors. Majors. So Major Little League? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 11, 12. And I think you can turn 13 that yeah. summer and still play. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Those kids are good. They're, They're fun to watch too. really good. So, okay. So everybody has their local Little League. Mm-hmm. And you go and you play all-stars, right? So let's say there's four teams. They select an all-star team, the best 12. They go in and play in a tournament and that's called districts. And then if you win districts out of like seven or eight teams, then you go to state. If you win state... Then you go to regionals. You go somewhere in California. You go to Huntington Beach, right? Okay. And you try to win the region. If you win the region, then you go to Williamsport in Pennsylvania and you play for the World Series. And that's the tournament you see on It's TV. the same <laughs> team. It's not like the World Cup where it's nope. handpicked. No. no. Uh-uh. It's the same wow. team that won cool. all the way from their little league all the way up to Williamsport, which is pretty cool because we've had a couple really teams impressive. from Murray Hill mm-hmm. and Hazeldale go all the way to the World Series, which is cool. Murray Hill, like where I grew up? Where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Beaverton? Beaverton could have been you. Wow, could have been me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but well, I don't I don't know that they have eleven and twelve year old lacrosse on TV, so I don't think <laughs> haven't haven't seen it lately. Do you have a store in Williamsport? We don't. We've talked okay. about doing a pop up because we do have pop ups. Um, Is that a new thing? Or have you all you've always had pop ups? The container uh, stuff, right? Yeah. So we've had pop ups. Um, it's not new. Williamsport's not long enough, I think, for us mm. to because when we set up a pop up, it's grand. And it's expensive. It's not just pop up a tent so my and sell. Favorite pop up though. Oh, tell me. Oregon State. Ayo. Oh man, Oregon State. Yeah. So uh, a little tough for me since I went to Oregon. 
Um, but Oregon State's baseball tradition is real. I mean, they oh, yeah. we are good. Very good. We're very good. Mm-hmm. Multiple national champions. Three. No and my deal. statue of limitations is up now, so I can open. Oh. I mean, I said it on the podcast last time, mm-hmm. but I can openly say that I celebrated graduation by breaking into the field, Goss, I think, and running Gossip. around every base and get making it to home. And so now you can you get start. back in? Uh, yep. It's up. Seven, I think it's seven or eight years I made it as yeah. of this year. I feel I'm allowed like back on campus. Legally, she can't get in trouble yeah. anymore. I feel like if yeah. you would have gone back three years ago, you probably would have been okay. Based I was on sweating. the security that I saw. I, tr- <laughs> <laughs> I truly haven't been back since, but now I'm good to go. I'm so, such a square. The interesting thing about Goss and Oregon State is we had a good relationship with our coaching staff. And we talked to them and they've seen us do a pop-up at the College World Series in Omaha, right? And so when they went last year to the College World Series, they saw our grand pop-up and they said, man, wouldn't it be great if you guys could come to Goss? And we talked to them about it. And it's interesting because the Oregon State bookstore doesn't set up anything inside of Goss. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So there's nothing to buy. And so it became really clear to us that this is a really unique opportunity. You've got this storied baseball program. You've got these old licensed marks in the old Benny the Beaver that are on the table. Nobody likes that shark beaver. <laughs> Nobody likes it. No. So we were able to re- get the license for Oregon State, which is new for us because we don't do a lot of license gear. So because of the opportunity, because there was no store there and they said we could be the only show in town, we set up a pop-up inside Oregon State. We licensed Benny the Beaver and we brought back what we considered a vintage collection. And the fans loved it. It was awesome. Man, I mean, when I did like my nerdy pro forma about what <laughs> I thought we would do in sales, it was like... 4X is crazy. That's phenomenal. Those fans are loyal. And they didn't even make it to the tournament this year. They didn't. I know. It was tough. because It was tough for me because we did the baseballism to the pop-up in Omaha again. And it was tough not to have Oregon State there because of that Oregon connection. Um, But Vanderbilt showed up. Oh, yeah, they did. That was good. Their fan base is very strong, too. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, you guys were right next to the beer garden, too, right? Like. It's dangerous. <laughs> of it's all dangerous. sections. Yeah. So how does that work with them? So do you guys give them just a percentage of sales on everything? Hmm. or? Yeah. So um, they don't do percentage of sales, which I think is an injustice to them. They So the Omaha Baseball Village is across the street from TD Ameritrade uh, Park. And that's where they host all the World Series games. Yeah. And every year it's always in Omaha, which I think is great. You look at like the final, uh, the March Madness and you look at college football all these, all these games move, yeah. but it's so, it's so nice for college baseball to be able to have it in one city, right? So it's always in Omaha across the street from TD Ameritrade is Omaha baseball village. It's essentially a very large parking lot and they have a building and they have a beer garden. And so every vendor, every baseball vendor comes to Omaha and they set up a pop-up shop. And so we pay a fixed rent and we've slowly made our way to like a prime retail location. So we're right on the corner, right across the street from the stadium in two 53-foot shipping containers that have been converted into a retail store. Um, and it makes for a really, really cool brand experience. And it's fun. Like, we're, like, we feel like we're a part of the Omaha tradition now, which is great. That's really cool. Those containers are awesome, too. Do you guys make those here, ship them there, design them all down there? Design here manufacture in Rochester, New York. Okay. Um, and I know it's crazy because there's a lot of fabrication shops in Portland, but because Nike is here, because Adidas is here, because Keen and Columbia, all these fab shops are really expensive. 
because it just doesn't it can matter. be yeah. Right? right yeah nike just like we need this do it and so by manufacturing in new york and um shipping it wherever it needs to go it's actually more cost effective so pop-up pop-up stores what other locations do you guys do or what have you done this last year and a half aside from oregon state omaha you guys yes. did spring training right yeah so we have two um spring training locations um, Salt River Fields is home to the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, right? And what makes that interesting is that the Diamondbacks are local in Arizona and that's where spring training is in the Cactus League. And so the attendance at Salt River Field for the Diamondbacks is very, very good. And so we did a, um, another shipping container pop-up inside the Diamondbacks Stadium, which is shared by the Rockies. Um, and we got, we were able to put it inside the stadium on the third base concourse and it rocked it. It was just awesome. And everybody loves to go to Salt River. It's in Scottsdale. When you go to spring training, everybody goes to Scottsdale. So it was pretty cool. So we've got a um, three or five year agreement with them. And then we also did a pop-up on the third base concourse for the Oakland A's at Hohokam. So is there uh, like a universal place you want to be? Is there the third base concourse? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, third base has been very nice to us. <laughs> okay. I'm not partial but, to third base. The home it just spot. seems like that's where they put us. Oh, okay. No, no, nothing special about it. Yeah. Oh, fine. No, but yeah, those pop-ups like have been great. Spring training, if you haven't gone, even if you're not a baseball fan. I want to go. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Florida or Arizona? Arizona is where you go. Yeah. Oh, what's happening in Florida? The, the difference, that is spring training? Alligators eat people down there for sure. Yeah, but so 30 major league baseball teams, 15 go to Arizona, 15 go to okay. Florida. Okay. Cactus League, Grapefruit League. The difference between Arizona is that all the stadiums are very close to each other. Okay. So if you go pass. down there, you can just drive and you can go and see your team. In Florida, they're hours apart. Okay. So you could go to a Yankees game and then you have to drive three hours and go see a Cardinals game. Whereas when you go to Phoenix, they're just close. Uh, it's like uh, baseball Disneyland. Exactly. Okay. It's a perfect it. way of explaining it. Coming from Portland, like March hits and you're like, oh my God. I hate the rain. I hate it so bad. And then you get on a plane and two hours later, you're in Arizona and it's cactus and it's 80 degrees. And it's like, I don't even care if there's baseball. Like this, this <laughs> sun great. is what I needed. So it's great. It's it's a nice refresher. You guys yeah. had really cool cactus designs and stuff for that too, right? We did. Yeah, those are cool. I wanted that camel hat, but it wasn't available online. So I think it was just there, right? Yeah, we do a... Um, we do a giveaway every year in Arizona, um, which is cool because it gives people a reason to come to the store, line up early. I mean, we've got kids that line up at 2 a.m. for this hat. No way. Tweeting us at 2 a.m. What's your Wi-Fi password? Because they're just hanging in camping chairs. Oh, wow. So, yeah. No, it's 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 really good. So that feeling of, oh, I missed out on that hat, that was on purpose. That was me. Thank that, you. That Appreciate was on purpose. That. Yeah, yeah. We want you to come next year. Maybe I can ask a guy I know. <laughs> Um, and then stadium-wise, what stadium since last time we talked have you expanded into? I have a question about Boston in particular because I want to ask about that one. Because one of my friends went to a game. I don't remember when it was. Maybe last series? Maybe last playoff run? You guys had like a shirt giveaway you were doing? Oh, I bet it was a hat giveaway. A hat giveaway. Yeah. It literally looked like a celebrity standing up there handing out like I don't even know, food to people. That was insane. But do you guys have an actual shop there or were you just there, like just your presence giving stuff away? So what's interesting about that is we do have a store in Boston. It's on Lansdowne, which is behind the Green Monster. Uh, yep. How did you land that spot, it first of all? It took a long time. A long, I mean, a long time. It was to the point, I mean, we'll get into the weeds if you want to get into the weeds, but there's two blocks I wanted to be in in Boston. 
The Red Sox own half, 47 brand, which is a very popular licensed yeah. brand. Yep. They own 20 or 75% of the other buildings. So like I can't reach out to 47 brand and, and say, hey, Baseballism wants to open a store. They'd tell me to, you know. Screw up. Exactly. But do they have their own merchandise store they down do. there? They okay. do. They do. They do. So I went on Boston City Maps and I found the, the building owner, the name of the building owner for every single building on those blocks. And I pretty much cold called the building that I want. And we negotiated for like two years. And I, we finally got that spot. And so we're on Lansdowne behind the Green Monster. No shit. And we were trying, and what you're referring to is what we started last year for the playoffs. We were trying to f- figure out creative ways to get customers in the door during the World Series because the Red Sox were in the World Series last year. It's like, wow, we've got this store. We have this opportunity to do something really special for the World Series. What can we do? Well, we've got our store is kind of like a, an add-on to a restaurant. So it's it's a single level, right? And so you can access the roof pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And what I, I thought it would be great, what if we just threw free hats into the crowd? Because they cut off, on Lansdowne and Jersey, they cut off vehicular traffic. So it's all pedestrians. So you get this sea of people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm at the World Series. This is so great. I love the Red Sox. And so 45 minutes before game time, we took 30 hats up there on the roof. We got a, um, a bullhorn and just said, hey, baseball fans, welcome to baseballism. Who wants a free hat? And oh, what, yeah. what happens is thousands of people just turn around and they're all looking at your store and you throw off 30 hats and then tons of people just come in. And so that in turn started this tradition where now every home game on Lansdowne, uh, 45 minutes before the game, we throw uh, 15 free hats off the roof. And it's just, Boston is really a town of tradition. And so as the new business in town, we're just trying to create tradition. And it's been great. That's, so that's so cool that your friend reached out to you about that because it makes me feel wow. like we're doing our job. Absolutely work. And Tiff, to give you a little background uh, history too, that spot behind the Green Monster, the Green Monster in general, probably is the most historical baseball outfield I can think of that's standing yeah. right now. And yep. it's so getting a spot there is that's I was worried unreal. it was some like epic landmark that I should know about. So I was too scared to ask what it was. <laughs> it's epic. Yeah, it's an epic landmark in what? baseball for okay. sure. Okay. Very epic. Wow. It's there's there's a few ballparks left. Uh, two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two. Original. Uh, Wrigley and oh, yeah, Wrigley. So Cubs and Red Sox, where like Babe Ruth pitched there or hit there. Oh okay. right. And that's like for baseball junkies, that means everything. We went to um, a fundraiser in Boston where they let us just kind of walk the field, the warning track, and we were in the dugout. And it's like, man, Ruth was in this dugout. Like, Babe That's Ruth was in this cool. dugout. You know, and That's I don't crazy. nerd out on baseball very, like, very easily at all because it's it's every You've day for me. Around, yeah. But I was nerded out when I was that having a cocktail inside feeling. the Red Sox dugout. Oh yeah. man! At one point in time, yeah. I really like that hat idea. Lately, I've been all about brands that engage in a non-transactional way like it's not you you know if i give you this you have to do this for me um and it ends up benefit it's mutually beneficial but it's just a really cool way to engage with the community and you know it's all passion based and it ends up helping you too so it does it's good it was a it was a product of so we have a store in cooperstown new york which is where the baseball hall of fame is Mm -hmm. so every year they induct players into the baseball hall of fame it's a big deal. It's in central New York. And every year they bring back all the living Hall of Famers. 
Yeah. And they have a parade on Main Street. And so what happens is the induction's on Sunday for the Baseball Hall of Fame. But on Saturday, they have a parade at 6.30. And so all these fans come and they're just sitting there waiting for a parade. And we have a store there. And so I'm like, what can we do? Like, all these people are sitting there. No one's shopping. Let's have some fun. And so we got 45 t-shirts and 45 rubber bands. And we tied them up. And we just started throwing t-shirts into the crowd. And so that and that energy is what really um, helped inspire us for the Boston giveaway. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. You're creating an experience. For sure. And now we get people that just come to that parade and they turn around. Waiting. Because they know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. because we've been doing it for four years. So they know. So it's great. It's fun. I like it. And then where else did you guys open up some spots since last time? Yep. So uh, since the last podcast, we've opened San Francisco on 3rd and King, right across from the Willie Mays Plaza. Chicago, um, right across from Wrigley on Addison. And then there's a new development in Texas uh, next to the Rangers ballpark called Texas Live. We're there. And then Boston. It is crazy to me that you got all those locations that close to the stadium. I feel like just there's got to be so much history with stores and stuff there that it just seems surprising you guys got all that within this last year. Uh, it's it's really special. It's really special. And it's um, really focused, right? Because you get two or three million baseball fans a year, and they're baseball fans. And they're oh, walking yeah. right by our door. So, and it's, and more important than that, it's really nice to be a part of the fabric, like mm-hmm. a part of the routine. Oh, completely. Yeah. Like the dad that takes his kid to a game, you know, six times a year and is able to walk by and we can talk to them and talk baseball. And it's less about transaction and more about how can we be a part of um, that fabric? Because, because we are like everybody in our company, that that's it. You know, that like going to the ball game. I mean, it's just, it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Are you picking locations, all your locations you mentioned seem to me, from my, all my baseball knowledge, that they have, they happen to be really passionate fan bases. Does that play into it? Like, I was a big Cubs fan starting 2016. I just, I don't know why. I just was like, I'm suddenly a huge Cubs fan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why not? I don't know what happened to make me that way, but. All the girls started wearing those hats and you were in. (laughs) Ever since then, though, I really did actually, I mean, total bandwagoner, but I really did follow them after that, just eyeballed what they were up to. And I noticed, I mean, everyone knew this before I did, but like the Cubs have a huge, doesn't care if they're really winning anything, like just such a loyal fan base. Very loyal. Um, yeah. is the, does that play into when you pick locations or is it? It does. It does. And um, loyal fan bases are really great. And the way we picked our locations was... Um, try to think about where are people going on vacation for baseball mm. right and how can we be around them when you know because you go on vacation you're not sleeping in your own bed you're spending yeah. money right and so that it's so like Fenway um, and Wrigley and even in San Francisco uh, those check those boxes right and so now the and the brand has these kind of pillars of authenticity yeah right? you always think about what can you say in an elevator right business 101 what's the elevator speech oh well baseballism has a store in Wrigley and Fenway and the done for authenticity, right? Right. And so that was really the catalyst of how can we ingrain ourselves into this baseball culture? And so that has been uh, really the catalyst for our strategy. Our strategy has since evolved. Um, we're definitely going after a little bit more um, top 10 markets, less about baseball, more about shopping Got because it. we have established this, right. that authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. So now how can we get to... Um, the the baseball mom where, where where are they shopping three times a month that's where we want to be 
Got it. And so, yeah. That makes sense. So, art. what if there was baseball in Portland? You mentioned when you first got here the PDP, and I honestly thought it was the Portland Dental Practitioner. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking his about. New, his new partnership. Yeah, but I get it now. What have you been doing with them? Yep, so um, it's not dental. Um, <laughs> it is the Portland Diamond Project. Okay. And it is a gr- it is a group that is trying to bring Major League Baseball to Portland. Um, and they're they're very polished. They're very organized. They've they've got the funding. Um, they've got. Where did they come from? Is it just a group of? Um, the founder citizens? the founder his name is Craig Cheek and he's a okay. former Nike executive. Okay. And he loves baseball. And so he worked at Nike for a couple decades. He's got a very good pedigree. He's very well connected. He partnered with Mike Barrett, who's the former voice of the Blazers. Okay. And Mike Barrett, I can't say enough about Mike. He's so good. He's so good with people. He's so genuine. Um, And so they've assembled a team of lobbyists, real estate developers, um, really politicians. Mm -hmm. They... They understood from the beginning that to get baseball to Portland, it's it's a big job and it's not easy. Sports in Portland, not easy. That's what I was just gonna say. I feel like they've been trying to get. Or there's been talks about MLB in Portland for the last kind of like decade. I feel like, but this is the first time where it ever feels like real. Like there's actually a chance, you know. What I, makes it real this time? It's more polished. I think exactly what you said. I think it's more actually thought out. Like there's actually plans and there's real investors involved. You know. Yep, they've got real investors. They've got real sites. They don't okay. want any public money, sites. which is really a red flag for anybody in this town. Like no public money. They're going to build this stadium. Um, they've got the attention of Major League Baseball. I'll, I'll tell you, Brock, I was the same way. When I heard another effort of Major League Baseball of Portland, I was the biggest naysayer. Yeah. I mean, the biggest. It's just hard to not get your hopes up. You, know? exactly. you don't want to get yeah. crushed again. Exactly. And, and so, but then I, we met this group and I'm like, oh. You know what? These guys have it figured out. They're using the right architecture firm. They're using the right lobbyists, right? And so they brought baseballism on board to help them with their grassroots effort and their apparel. Craig, being a Nike guy, is like apparel is everything. Brand is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that we can do this on our own. Can you help us? Smart and, guy. Yeah. So they. So it was great. It was. We, we partnered with them. We've done multiple events in our um, baseballism Portland headquarters. To kind of rally the troops around this concept of baseball of Portland, um, and I, I would say that there's a real chance. There's a real chance that we're going to see Major League Baseball in Portland. I don't know when. I don't know who, but I'm. Uh, I feel pretty confident. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard Devil Rays was supposed to be like the hottest one, Athletics, but it looks like neither one of those are actually the option. And I think it, I, I think I heard somewhere that it's not going to be an expansion team either. So you mean they were. They they wouldn't start a new team. They would acquire. Originally, I think they said they might have an expansion team, but originally, okay. yeah, they would acquire. It's so like sales in in um, where the Devil Rays are in Tampa and Florida is like nothing. They literally are like buy one ticket, get twenty free. Like so now they're trying to figure out what to do with. And no <laughs> joke, it's bad. Like there's nobody there. So that was a team, but then get twenty. Free. <laughs> yeah, but but now I'm not, I'm not sure. Have you heard anything more about what team else is even on the table or even a thought? Yeah, I can't. I can't like speak to it, but what I can say is the possibility of an existing team or the possibility of expansion, they're both still on the table. Really? Expansion's on the table? Because sure. that would be so sick. For sure. It would take longer. It would take quite a bit longer because I um, I think that Major League Baseball wants to settle whatever Tampa and, and Oakland need to do. 
And then I, I really think uh, Rob wants to get to 32 teams. Oh, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Building up would just be so much better. Could you imagine a Devil Rays team in Portland trying to rebuild that? Like, no way. They're good, though. Like, they're, they are, they're good. So it's so tough for me to watch them, like, compete so much in the AL East not to get in the weeds. And just nobody goes to the games. It's, like, if that team was in Portland, oh, I think crazy. we'd really rally. But I hear what you're saying about rebranding. Uh, it'd be really fun to get another team on the West Coast and kind of doing a realignment. Yeah. You know, it'd be, how really great would it be to just abolish or abolish what we know about the American National League and have Oakland, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland? And that, how great would that be? We could drive to games. Like it could be this I five rivalry. Yeah, yeah that's what it'd be say. man. I mean, not from a business standpoint, just as a personal standpoint, that'd be great because there's I've traveled this country a lot. Portland summers are the best. Oh, they are down. by far. Yeah. By far. Whenever I want to trick someone into moving here, I have them visit. <laughs> August. Uh, in, yeah. Yeah. Or sept- early September. Oh, yeah. Right? This was like it. year-round here. I know. That was another question, too, year-round. One more question circling back to your stores. Um, off-season baseball, how do you guys do in those shops, the physical shops? We actually do pretty well. So um, one, our biggest quarter is Q4 because of holiday shopping. And so we're able to have really good Black Friday sales. And we, we do this, the same thing we do online, we do in the retail stores. So uh, November and December are pretty strong for us, even in those cold you know, Chicago, Boston retail fronts. Uh, people still find their way to find us, which is great. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, full circle on that one. We can cap that one off. Um, back to the Diamond Project. Uh, who are, other than those guys, big investors? I know there's obviously some two names in particular that I think every person listening is going to know who they are. Yeah, Russell Wilson and Sierra. Yeah. Um, and they are so great. I saw, okay, I fangirled really hard when I saw that Russell Wilson, both of them were at your, um, was your, what event? Yeah. It was our headquarters, yeah. I was freaking out about it. So then I'm going to throw this in there real quick. When they choppered in. I went to the Billboard Music Awards this year, and Sierra performed, mm. and Russell Wilson was there, and I loved him even more because he was wearing a hoodie. Everyone was dressed up. He's in a hoodie and a baseball cap, and he looked like he just woke up, and like he was miserable, did not want to be there, and he was just with his, their, they have a daughter? Yeah. She was there, and he was just, he just looked so normal, like every everyone's dressed up and trying to talk to him. He's just standing there with his hands in his pockets in the third row, just like, why am I even here? But he just seems so down to earth. But I don't know if you can confirm. So when they came to Portland, I was gone. Right. So I didn't get a chance to meet them. Um, they, from every account that I got, it was nothing but good. Right. Uh, they had Little League uh, baseball players there. The, the media was crazy. Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I have a five-year-old son who was there in his full baseball jersey. He had just played a game. He had eye black on. Yes. And uh, Sierra picked him up. And Russell got in and my wife got in and we they got a photo. And so like that, when I saw that, like my heart melted. Like I'm That's over sweet. the interception. I'm over everything else. Like... I was, the interception. Yeah, I just, I am just a true fan. I mean, they just seem, they just seem so yeah. genuine. So, so genuine. he's based in Seattle. Why is he so invested in a Portland team? He's a huge baseball guy. He's a huge sure. baseball guy. Right. So, yeah. You know, like he plays spring training for the Yankees. Like he loves baseball. He, I, I'm almost certain he played baseball in college. Yeah. He got signed by Texas, right? Yeah. Right. 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 So yeah. he, he just. 
I think it's this combination of this love for baseball okay. and this desire to be an entrepreneur. Got right. It. And so, and then also for Sierra, it's this opportunity to be a woman who owns a portion of a baseball team. You should be the first one. Okay. So great. It's so great. And yeah. Portland's just right in that right up that alley. Exactly. I mean, it's just this town's growing. I think they see the investment opportunity. Um, and they want to put their name on something. Who doesn't? Right? Who wants doesn't want to put their name on something? Fair. Yeah. Fair. That's really cool. And then how often are they involved in like the day-to-day stuff? Or are they just kind of funding it and just kind of letting it run? Like are they involved in any of the lobbyist stuff like that? No, they're not. They are they don't have time. I mean you think understandable. Why? What are they you think Russell Wilson's busy? Sierra is like world tour, new album. I mean, there's not they're just they're involved as much as they can be. But in terms of the nitty gritty, no, they're not involved. They'll they'll like do a Twitter takeover maybe. But uh, in terms of like uh, going to Salem to lobby, no, that's that's not their scene. I sometimes forget he doesn't play baseball, but he used to, right? Yeah. He, pl- I think the Seahawks let him go to spring training. I'm pretty sure he did too. Yeah. So like in the in okay. the spring, he'll go play for the Yankees, and yeah. I don't know if it's like a publicity. But he thing. never played professionally. He was always had football. the option to. Okay. He was drafted and, and picked by the Rangers right out of right out of college too, but he chose football over baseball. Oh. Why? Right. I don't know. More money in baseball, but whatever. Well, now he's covering both bases. <laughs> 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 With this Portland project. So there Zing. we go. <laughs> Given that you cannot say a lot of specifics, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much hope should a baseball fan have that this is going to come to fruition? Oh, it would be in the a scale of one to ten in the seven range. Okay. A seven. I would say That's seven. Solid. I would That's say solid. seven. I've never given it more than a four in the past. So the okay. fact that you said a seven now, I feel good about that. I can't preface after I've answered the question, but I'm an optimist. So okay. You really are. Yeah. You so, defended Game of Thrones, <laughs> but I know I did. Okay. I did. I did. Cool. That's exciting. Seven. I would say seven. Yeah. I think I think that there's a real chance. I think that Portland is growing. The movement is real. Major League Baseball wants to expand. I don't see anybody else on the West Coast putting together an effort like Portland. Um, and even the baseball stuff we have out here, the pickles, the hops, they're doing great. Oh, Literally. Yeah. Have you been to a pickles game this year yet? I haven't yet, but yeah. I, I will go. Um, and then just look look at Major League Sports. Look at the Timbers. Look sure, at the yeah. Thorns. Look at the Blazers. I, I, I think that we can support it. Timbers had to expand even. I know. Um, yeah. And... Speaking of the involvement with the pickles, you don't have to answer this question or not, but you guys used to have a sponsorship out there, or at least a banner. Do you guys still work with them closely? We don't. Uh, we did in year one, and we went we went hot and heavy with them. Uh, we created some really cool product. Um, I really like what they have going on there. Um, I would say... It's a fun time. It's a really good time. I love taking my family there. It's a really good family environment. Um, it's just been tough you know so many balls in the air with the pdp to be able to you know support it all and have the bandwidth That's the bandwidth to do it right punny again <laughs> right i'm counting them you're right <laughs> anyways that's cool um and then the other thing i wanted to get into that you mentioned a little bit ago well briefly was you guys did two events i believe for the make-a-wish foundation we did. We, How did those both come out within the last year, it seems like? That video made me teary. Oh, they're both tough. I, I'm uh, not crying. You're crying. What's What's really interesting is um, a few of the key players for Make-A-Wish Oregon, the Oregon chapter, 
um, we have close relationships with. So uh, Mallory was a girl that I went to grade school with who works for Make-A-Wish. And then our CFO's best friend's wife works for Make-A-Wish. So we kind of were... All connected. Exactly. We're all connected. And so we um, made a donation to be a part of a Make-A-Wish Oregon. And, and we told them that if there was ever a wish where uh, a kid wanted a baseball wish, that we we would love to fulfill that wish and fund it and host an event to celebrate that wish. And so we were able to... Uh, fund two wishes. It's it's pretty rare that two kids from Oregon um, have one wish, and that wish is centered around baseball. So, which uh, is so sad because that just is a testament to how many sick kids there are. Oh my gosh! Right? That I don't know. But anyways, no, it was yeah. yeah. It it so Cannon from Camus um, wanted his wish was to go to the MLB All Star Game, and this wow. year the All Star Game is in Cleveland. So we were able to bring him in to our retail store and really surprise him. And we were able to surprise him with this trip to go to the All-Star Game, go to batting practice, get on the field. And then we partnered with DeMarini so Cannon could make his own custom um, bat. That's so badass. I mean, I saw this bat and like, I, all I can say is that Cannon's creative and it's really badass. Is it just a bunch of bright colors or what does it look no, like? He's got, no, not bright colors. Like he's got this good colorway on the barrel and then he's got this money grip, like this like currency money on oh, the grip. Yes. Like he's, oh, it was great. <laughs> I gotta check Every, this out. I mean, it was great. It was definitely what a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old with maybe some design sense would design. Cool. And the second wish was Ellie from Grant's Pass. Um, she wanted to go to a Yankees game. And so we were able to celebrate that um, she didn't really want a surprise, so she knew what was coming. We funded that. Dee Marini also stepped up. She designed a bat. Uh, it was really special. Both of them were really special, really meaningful, um, and we were really happy to be involved. That's really cool. That Did- gives me all the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> what was uh, your favorite moment of the whole thing from the great reveal to them all the way through to the actual event? We have this game we play. I don't know if I mentioned it last time I was on the podcast. You guys, did. You guys still you have did. that Instagram channel going? Yeah, yeah. We still have it. Yeah. So for those that didn't listen to the first episode, we have an office game where we play baseball, and we play baseball with a ping pong ball, a paddle, and a regular bat. It's very hard. It's hard to hit the ball. Um, La- g- last time you came in, you literally had like 200 followers. You have over 5,000 now. <laughs> no big deal. It's gained some momentum. Um, and so... Ellie had this new bat and I was like, Hey, she's a softball player and pretty good. And, uh, I said, Hey, do you want to try that new bat out? Like during this event, no cameras, nothing like that. And she was like, Oh yeah, I do. I was like, well, let me, let's play ping dinger. She's like, well, what's that? I'm like, I'm going to pitch to you with a paddle and a ball. And I'm, it's really hard. I'm telling you it's hard. So if you swing and miss, no one's going to laugh. We've had pro players come in and they, they can't hit it. She's like, I'm in. She totally game. Yeah. So uh, I, I walked off the distance, the 20 feet or whatever we normally do, set up the office chair for the strike zone. And I started pitching to her and she was crushing it, like, like absolutely uh... destroying it. Like I was getting hit by her, uh, the ping pong ball was coming off my shoulder and my eye and all this. <laughs> uh, that was the best moment. That's so great. That was the best moment because it was just. It's a surprise for both of you. For yeah. sure. Maybe not for her, but for <laughs> me, for sure. I, I, I thought for sure I needed to baby it over and maybe she'd make contact but she lit me up like a candle and it was great. <laughs> it was great. It was the best moment. Well, if you want um, want to feel better about the game being really hard, just bring me in. Oh, 
Bring me in. Noted. Yeah, you can explain the rules, and I will live up to your expectations. <laughs> I promise. Maybe Price hand you a ping ping lacrosse stick, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, she'll catch it all. Yeah. Make you follow somebody after a foul. <laughs> so did that girl play softball? She did, yeah. Okay. I, I don't Maybe Grant's past high school? I'm not I'm not sure, but yeah, she played softball, and you could tell. And, and are you guys getting into the softball space? I feel like the first time lately I've seen a little bit more of that. We've sprinkled it in, um, but we truly believe that our message and our brand speaks to softball. It really does. We get a lot of females that identify with our brand. And that's pretty new. Like you guys haven't really marketed that at all really, right? Like in the past? We haven't. Um, a, the number one question we get outside of softball is, oh, when are you going to do other sports? When are you going to do soccerism, lacrosseism, uh. all these? And, I, and, and the answer is ne- like never. We're never yeah. doing that because the moment we can't be authentic like we're baseball people and that is what we know. That is what we want to convey. And the minute you try to diversify in a way in which the customer is like, this is BS. This is not authentic. Like we can't fake football. No, we can't fake football. Like we can't fake soccer. We can't fake lacrosse. So no, we're just going to, we're just going to dive deep in baseball. And we've just, we have so much, so much left to do. Oh yeah. Barely even touched iceberg for sure. Tip of it. Um, And then also too, from a standpoint this last year, you guys also introduced, I think it was just last year, introduced the Major League line and the Sandlot line. Just the fact of how you even go about doing that, like who do you reach out to get approval for that? Uh, so it depends. Each, so everything is a license. So when yeah. we went to go get the Major League license, the Major League, the movie license. Yeah, the um, movie. Yep. Uh, you have to reach out to the firm in which the movie... Broadcast. So I think that uh, Major League is Paramount. I'm probably wrong, but it's it's somebody like that. Somebody it's big. Paramount. It's Fox. Or if it's a player, it's that player's agent or the family. So we've got the Major League license, which has been really good for us. Um, we just recently announced and secured the Roberto Clemente license. Oh, wow. I mean, that license... Is that through family? It's through family. I'm assuming. Luis, who lives in Puerto Rico... We're like directly talking to them. That one means a lot. I mean, because he was so big for the game. Um, That's cool. Yeah, we're really excited. We're going to launch that, I think, in August. Um, but we've got a license with Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, obviously, with our Flagman logo. Oh, yeah. So it, uh, I've got a business partner who just dives deep into licensing. And so we'll just go after it. Right now, we're, uh, I guess, off the record, but we're on the record. We're working on Field of Dreams. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So a lot, there's a lot of good stuff. So we're working with NBC Universal for, um, for Field of Dream. So it just depends on what you're going after. But usually, if it's a movie, it's usually the studio. Wow. How yeah. is the Sandlot people to work with? I didn't directly work with them, so I can't comment. Oh, I feel like they'd be so fun. The shirts were cool. You were right, by the way. It is Paramount. Oh, so nice. Nice. From, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we Jersey. actually, uh, Porter from um, the Sandlot. Porter. The catcher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh we were golfing in Justin Tur- Justin Turner's third baseman for the Dodgers. He wears baseballism. Okay. And he loves to post on social. And so we love him as a brand ambassador. We don't pay him. He just wears it, which is great. But it, a way to pay him back is we go golf in his charity golf tournament in Los Angeles every year. Sounds rough. So <laughs> rough. Like rubbing, if I have to. Rubbing shoulders with <laughs> Nomar yeah. and all these people, right? So, but what's interesting is the last event, Porter was there. I don't remember. No I don't way. know his real name, uh, but super nice guy. 
super nice guy. I mean, just and looks the same. Oh looks, yeah, that's uh, what I was just gonna say. Same. There, because wasn't this year their fit, what was the 20th anniversary? Twentieth anniversary. anniversary? Or something? Yeah. yeah, him and the kid that plays Smalls. Yeah. I don't know what his real name is in yep. real life. Was at. I think a Boston game and they were walking around outside and he had the picture smalls had the picture of the shirt on that says you're killing me smalls and they were walking around and nobody had a clue who they were oh my gosh and there were people were coming up to them taking pictures and they're like oh I love that movie and they're like oh that's me he's like no it's not get out of here <laughs> it's guys, hilarious time out I'm way more connected to baseball than I ever thought in my life um in college here we go people my roommate would call me she would all she'd call me smalls and she would always say, you're killing me, Smalls. Oh. And then it caught on. I thought they were they invented runs, that. Baseball runs deep. I had no idea. It was a Sandlot reference. This you is now, You're like realizing this right yes. now? Oh, this is great. I thought wow. this was my like special. I thought this was my special phrase, special name that they, everyone used on me. I'll take a drink to that. Wow. Have you seen the movie The Sandlot? Part of it, but not the whole thing. I got scared of the dog, the dog stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I do. It's the same movie? Okay. Super scary. He's behind he's the fence and he's growling and he's big. Mastiff. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like the friendliest dog in the world. I didn't finish it. I need to go back now. Yeah, he ends Who up knows? being really nice. I think you'd like it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. It's yeah. a good feel good story. Yeah, a real feel good. You guys, this is embarrassing. Sandlot, too, though. Just I think not you need to watch that time. tonight. I know. And then text your friend. Oh, man. And tell her she's like, not original. Right. I will. She. Come up with your own nickname. I never challenged on it. I just went with it mm. all this time. She probably thought I knew where it was coming from, too. You probably faked it. <laughs> make it so you make yeah. it. Um, cool. So what are the big, you got any other big licensing coming up besides those ones or anything big really? We're uh, we're working on a, a lot of stuff. There's some really good stuff coming out in the winter that I can't talk about that's pretty mega. Um, we are opening our first inline store in Orange County in Irvine, California wow. at the Irvine wow. Spectrum. So that will be really good. So hopefully October for that opening uh, it's our first store in Southern California and we're really big in Southern California. So, um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're doing another pop-up in Portland on 9th and Yamhill in the Park West building across from Director's Park. Okay. So that will also be opening in the fall. It'll be pretty Portland inspired. Um, just for the month of fall or just, no, it's going to be like or? a six month pop-up. Oh yeah, wow. That's it's going to be cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, and then we're working on, I'm sure I can't say this, but uh, we're going to collab with Voodoo Donuts uh, to do a, a pink hat oh, to match sick. their box. So cool. Yeah, super cool. So excited about that. I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really what's, what's coming in the pipeline. That's fun. How long until you guys start your own uh, baseballism competitive wiffle ball league? Next month? It couldn't come soon enough. I can't give you a time, but it couldn't come soon enough because that is what I need in my life. I'm just saying, I'd fully be on board. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Let's make some let's make some faux teams, some faux logos, and yes. just get this going. Co ed, Tiff can play first base. Yeah. I was with I did play I was just gonna say with a lacrosse stick. She'll catch everything. You guys are evil. <laughs> I will, I will. I did play I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the question? Fake baseball in college. Or those fun... Rec Man. league or whatever. Quick ball? No, no just what's it called when you do something... Softball? Rec softball? No, it was baseball. Intramural? Thank you. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fake slash Fake. intramural. <laughs> we weren't really there. Yeah. I and, think the balls but, weren't regulation Okay, size. it was intramural. 
and they have me be catcher the whole time. And in hindsight, I realize it's because I sucked. Yeah. If, if you're a catcher in intramural, it's because you can't do anything else. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> but catcher was really scary. I have oh, a lot of yeah. respect for oh. them now. Even if I, I was terrified the whole time. I thought I was going to die every single time. Catcher's a tough spot. That that's one spot I would say for sure I feel like in a good catcher is everything. Oh, 100%. That's one thing that's hard in in high school especially is finding a good solid day-to-day catcher for sure. A big big role. Oh yeah, you you coached at Benson for a long time too, right? I did. I forget you miss it at all? No. <laughs> but the, the, but the, I will the, echo the your timing or the kids. It's I can't say no. I I love the kids. Um I tell my wife this who's a teacher, I'm sure she'll kill me. You'll love the kids anywhere doesn't matter right where you are i had a good time there um it, it's a big time commitment and um i didn't it, sometimes a thankless job maybe you experience that oh yeah definitely yeah. i mean and it's it, fine like i didn't do it to be thanked no uh, but so that can that it doesn't age well um uh, but i will echo that i believe that catcher is number one position on the field like a thousand percent and getting somebody that can catch and a lot of times you feel that pressure because that plays at home and like, you're like, oh my God, I haven't really had a real throw to me this whole time. Yeah. Like, this guy's really firing the ball to me. I'm not catching this. Like, I get that. Um, but yeah, high school's tough. Like catcher, and I, and I pitch, right? And you pitch. So you, you value the catcher. It's just the captain of the field. Yeah. Well, what was your biggest struggles coaching-wise that you had to deal with? I mean, Benson is a little different than the school that I was at. But what was hard for you, aside from the time issue? Adapting, understanding the new culture of youth and the as far as like the coaching style being different than what you were taught no more of the lack of commitment you know like when i didn't show up to practice man that was a thing when they didn't show up to practice it was no big deal and so trying to take a culture you know when you're a new coach and you come in and you're trying to create something you're obviously coming in because you needed to come in because something was wrong right and so you're I, i think it was just adapting to the new culture Adapting to, um, I guess, really motivating the kids. How do you motivate the kid that's not really motivated? Um, and so we had to do unique things like we need to make the gear cool. Like the hat needs to be cool. The swag in the high swag, school is everything. It's, it's real. Oh, like, everything. It's how crazy. Do you, how do you make baseball cool? Because I just want to play basketball or football. Right? And so, or lacrosse. Or <laughs> lacrosse. Back to it. Exactly. Full circle. Yeah. So, yeah, we did, we did unique things um, to make to make baseball cool. And then it was easier to sell the culture. Um, but man, I put in like five or six years. I feel like that was a good run. Good run. a solid run. Wow. Yeah. One of the, one of the hardest things I think for, for me was that I didn't really expect was the dynamics of you're just, you know, you, we've played baseball for so long that things are just like second nature as far as like rules and like what you can and can't do. That when a kid would mess up, it's not because they screwed up on purpose or they just screwed up because they weren't paying attention. They just actually don't know. They just don't. You know, know. just like little things. Like we had a kid who didn't understand, you know, had to to keep your foot on first base and not tag the kid to get an out and get on him for a second. Like, wait a second. You've never been told that before. Yeah. So you don't exactly know. Exactly. And the second thing for sure that surprised me more than anything that I never really expected to be like an issue involved in coaching was the parent dynamic. Like it really changed how i viewed not even like the kids on Jonathan's our team taking a big swig as you should right now. <laughs> but the kids the kids on but just dealing like making me reflect back on my baseball years and thinking the kids that were kind of like not necessarily troublemakers but just kind of tried to stand out and get attention and kind of be that center of attention kid 
And then you see their parents come to the game and they don't pay attention to them for one at bat. And you're like, wow, are you really just a shit out of a kid? Or is that because your parents just not paying attention to you? And seeing that side of it was like such a different world than I ever expected. And I'm sure at Benson, I'm sure you saw that equally as much. I mean, it's a deep psychological study. Like, it's crazy. I, I agree. I agree. No, I mean, a lot of times you get in this, you can just look at the parent and look at the kid and it, it all makes sense. You're like, whoa, okay, now I get it. Um, it definitely presents its challenges. When I coach, I try to distance myself from the parents as much as I could. Uh, probably easier to do at Benson than LaSalle. Um I would say another thing that was a challenge was trying to get the coaching staff to understand that if you're, you're frustrated as a coach uh, or you're frustrated with a kid or they don't succeed, it's your fault. It's the coach's fault because you didn't prepare them, right? I mean, that was just the biggest is you cannot get mad at this kid. Now, there are times where kids just don't do it and you get it, but nine times out of 10, you didn't prepare them to succeed. And so you got to wear that. And until you wear it, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to have a tough time coaching. And, and the flip side on that too, also the pressure some parents put on kids too. Oh, and man. now that your kid's getting involved, do you like check yourself every now and then? Like what's your, I, I get it. Cause it would be hard to not want the best for your kid and your kid to succeed, especially in baseball. But at the same time, I'm, how are you dealing with that limit? I'm really, really, really sensitive to it. Um, I think I'll coach him for as long as he'll listen and then I'm probably out, you know, cause then it's just white noise Yeah, and I want to be dad before I'm coach. Um, I'm pretty sensitive to the parents per, uh, perceptive on perception on me, you know, like, Oh, how, like I try to check in with them way more than I did in high school because I have kids on the team. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really sensitive to it. I don't, I don't want to try to favor him. I think he does act differently because I coach probably a little more emotional because when he goes out and plays soccer and I don't coach nothing, ice water in his veins, really? running hard, doing every drill. And then if I'm standing with him during a game in the infield and he wants to like stand next to me and talk to me, he wouldn't do that if I wasn't coaching. So I'm sensitive to the th uh, those things. And I, I'm just, I don't want to be that dad. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's I'm that dad. hashtag that dad. I don't want to be that dad. And you can spot it so easily too, because you can recognize it a mile away. So, you know, it would be equally as, or just like twice as bad if you actually did it. Cause you could be able to tell you're doing it like right away. Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. How did you, I imagine as you coach, as the age range creeps up, gets closer to your own. So for high school, for example, it's probably really difficult. How did you manage being their friend or being a cool coach and someone that they wanted to, you know, work hard for with being some sort of an authoritative figure? I feel like I would just want to be everyone's buddy, but I wouldn't be firm enough to actually push them to do what they need to do. It was definitely very weird at first. Um, hearing a kid that is 16, 15, 17 years old say, call me coach and not my name the first couple of times was really weird. It was really a check of like, whoa, like am I at that level now? Because this is the first year where I've transitioned into that stage of baseball, I guess. Um, it was really weird. But the respect, I, I'm sure it's very different because it's a private school too, but the kids kind of just gave respect to everybody, which was nice because the kids wanted to be there. We didn't really have a lot of kids on the team that didn't necessarily want to be there. They all enjoyed playing baseball. And I think that's what's so great about that program at, that, at LaSalle High School is that every kid on the team 
loves being in there. Regardless of if they're playing or not, it's just a fun... The head coach over there, his name's Nate Fogel, has created a great atmosphere of baseball. And it really reminds me of like what, what Jonathan and I probably thought baseball was like when we were 12, 13, 14, growing up in high school, stuff like that. So that was... It's a very it's different... Easy. Yeah, it was a very easy transition. But sometimes when... We have a play. We had a playoff game on a Monday, and we're like, "Oh, we want to practice on a Sunday." And half the kids don't drive, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second! What do you mean you don't drive? You definitely have moments of checking yourself, like, wow, what's going <laughs> yeah. on here?'" Um, and just remembering that with kids, I think was was kind of hard sometimes too. Like, we want to, you know, um, have a, a team we're going to play on Tuesday that bunts a lot and you want to spend all day Monday working on bunt coverage, and it's like six o'clock at night, starting to get dark, and like, okay, how about one more hour? And I was like, wait a second, these kids have homework to do still. So I think it, it definitely took a while to understand that there's still kids because they definitely act mature. But once you get to that point, it, it's kind of secondhand. Yeah, I know because I remember asking you, do the kids seem so much younger these days? And you said the opposite. Yeah, I don't. I was going to say, I feel like because they're so... Social media, honestly, internet, access to smartphones, stuff like that, I feel like it's changed the game so much. The like, conversations that like parents would have maybe i'm just saying this to make myself sound way older but parents would have about like current topics that was going on in the world they understood because they read the newspaper kids back then did not read the newspaper that or anything like that that wasn't a they're thing. reading newspapers back i'm saying like back oh, when we were it, kids parents it, would read yeah. newspaper whatever they would get their information and talk about stuff like that yeah. and now kids can get the same access to information we have and talk about the same topics maybe it's not their own opinion, but it was still just, they have access to just so much more than what we did. So yes, in that sense, I feel like they are definitely way more mature than what we were, but just in a different sense. They're more aware. Yes, they're more aware. And the politics talk at that age is like, you can't even vote yet. <laughs> <laughs> kids getting fired up, man. Oh, man. The amount of kids that said they got their information from InfoWars and uh, what was that guy's name? Who wasn't you? Ah, God, what's his name? He got banned from like everything. The guy from there. What's his name? What is his name? That's anyway, and this, is where they, this is where these kids are getting their info. <laughs> this is where they're getting their info oh, from. That's um, tough. Real. Tough. Yeah. But I'm it. curious. Uh, recently? Mm-hmm. Mm, last year. Are you coaching? You're next not year? talking about PewDiePie. No. Okay. Am I what? Are you coaching next year? I, I plan on it um, if my schedule allows for it. Like if it's in the same situation where I am this year, absolutely. I would like to. Especially, it, it's so weird. You get so invested in the kids. Like they're playing summer ball now and they're, <laughs> did you find it? Alex Jones. No, there's a long list of notable people. And then just one of the line items is 2,752 Russian troll accounts. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Their ban is permanent. Some they of them, most of them are temporary. Alex just, Jones. Alex Isn't that nice? Yeah. That guy. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I think that once you get invested, they're playing Summer Ball right now. So I can like look at their score on Game Changer, the app and stuff like that. And they split Summer Ball with uh, Putnam High School too. So seeing them, like watching them pitch and stuff like that and play, I'm like, oh, who's playing today? Like, I hope he's doing well. You know, you, That's get, cool. so, you get so personally invested in them. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's cool. So yeah, I would like to, I think for sure. Work on my fungal game a little bit more. Oh, You're what? I can teach you some, some stuff. Dude, the catcher pop-up's tough. Oh, man. I feel, yep. Our it assistant coach, he got, he got pretty good at the end, but it's a tough one. It is tough. The, a lot the of backspin, a lot of straight up. The ground balls, that's what really gets me. 
We're in the weeds right now. I'm Don't like, even worry about it. So fungo bat is like fungo bat. Fungo bat. It's like disease. a coach's bat. No, not okay. not not a, not a fungo disease. But imagine a long, a little bit longer bat with a really long handle and a like kind of skinnier barrel. Is it legal or just for fun? <laughs> Ooh, this is all fun. off the record. <laughs> No, it's mainly for like coaches. It's easier to hit like fly balls and stuff like that. It's a corked bat. It's illegal to use during the game. In game. Okay. But coaches you don't use want it for to. practice to hit ground balls and fly balls. Okay. It's okay, easier. Okay. Yeah. And so coaches nerd out on like, how good are you with a fungo? It's Does a it make deal. hitting them easier in game? Is it like running with weights on type thing? Nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. No. What's the purpose it's, of it? it? The purpose is for an old weak coach to hit the ball to the outfield. A lot oh, okay. I totally judge Got coaches it. who hit bad infield outfield though. Or right out of the gate. It's like, no, this, you guys are a joke. Always. Interesting. So you're going to come back and play baseball in a league? Oh. Need to get you back up yes. on that mound. You yes, are? Yes. Yes. For real? Don't know when. Okay. The answer next, is yes. The next year? Yes. Good. The answer is yes. As soon as I can trim down this travel schedule, I'm back. Nice. Is dad still playing? No, he, he moved on. Ben moved on. They both moved on. They're, uh, I, think, I think dad, I think he's all done. But Ben switched the 13 over league. Got it. Yep. When you move up, I'll move up. I, I went and played one practice game at that level up. A whole different ball game. I literally. Bet, I bet. I bet you felt good. Oh, I felt good. <laughs> I bet you felt real good. I was the young guy. I was like, wow. Because like, it's so weird because like now, because I played in that league starting like right out of yeah. college. Yeah. So that was like the youngest moment. You know, like yep. I was that young kid on the team and now it's like. I'm totally at that high end now. Your and it's like, balls. wow. Like yeah. kids like getting out there talking about just being drunk the night before. I'm like, there's no way. I don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> I got no gas. I need a good bet at 10. <laughs> uh, well, I was talking to a guy today that plays that 30 or 35 and over league. Pitched five innings yesterday. Couldn't brush his teeth today. <laughs> so there's that. Mark Lowe. You know Mark Lowe? Uh, yeah. Mariners. He pitched in the league last year. Did you hear about that? No. Dude, just blowing it by people. He was down. He had to, he had to stay in Portland for some family reason. So he literally came and he pitched. I think oh like God. ten games. Just Is blowing he a it by player? people. Yep. Yeah. He pitched in Mariners your league. Yeah. And he was just throwing low nineties the whole time. Just, That's I evil. Maybe gave up like two hits the whole time, but just throwing heat. So I have a very important question for the upcoming baseball season. We're in it right now. We're in a baseball season right now. About halfway. Next season. We're talking about next season or still this season? 2020. Got it. I am am always looking ahead into the future. I knew this. We were in the middle of a season, but I'm looking ahead. Okay. Um, What team, which bandwagon should I jump on? Seattle Mariners. Huh? Seattle Mariners. No. Why? They're going to win the World Series, if not this year. Oh, they really will? Yeah. Oh. You're lying to me. They've never been good. What What are you trying to achieve? What do you um, want? What emotional state? What connection? A, a what do you want? A, a ring? Oh. I think you could. I think you should just stay on the Cubs bandwagon. Really? <laughs> just stay Ride on it, it out. I feel like they've it. gone soft. No, you, no. that is a, just so bandwagon. <laughs> Look, you committed. You're in. It's the Cubs. They're on TV. They're the most bandwagon out of everybody except the Yankees. Stick with it. Yeah, don't switch to New York. They're either. young. Don't do it. They're young. Just Brian. stick with it. Yeah, they're good. Don't my wife, my wife is diehard Cubs because her family's from Chicago. Okay, so, so she's my, a real Cubs di- fan. Like, di- like we, it's on TV right now. If the Cubs game's on, it's at home, and my five-year-old son and two-year-old daughter, like, 
Anthony Rizzo's up. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Oh, I love him. It's a they real. Had, so cute. They they also I feel like they I really did like them because they had such a good chemistry too as a team. Like they all seemed like they were really they had good stories. They all seemed like they yeah. were actually loved each other like comeback kids kind of. Yeah, but, it's, it's fun when you're winning. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I should say a Cubs fan. Yep. Don't you have gear? Yeah. Did you get gear when you joined that bandwagon? Do you have a hat or a shirt or anything? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, so you're not too invested. I know. I'm like the worst <laughs> bandwagon. I'm the worst. I'm just all talk. Not too invested. Uh, you know. Not even a hat level. I, well, go go buy yourself a hat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the I cute would, the sea hat. Yep. Stick there with you it. Go. And okay. hey, if you go to Chicago and you go to a game, I'll give you a baseballs and gift card. You can go shop. Perfect. Yep. Be perfect. That's the win right there. I will go to Chicago. <laughs> Just to get a hat. Yeah. Why else? Maybe see some baseball. Oh, we got to ask you one the important question that we asked you last time. Ooh, yes. it would be good to compare, actually, I what's know. different oh, from last time. I hope time you don't remember what you said last time. I'm sure I'm going to say the same thing. I'm very predictable. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> are you there yet? And where is there for you? Bum, bum, bum. I'm not there. Um, I am not close. I'm never satisfied, and I can't define where there is. All I right. Just can't. I one day I think we'll have you back, and you you might say I'm determined. Okay. For you to be the first person to ever say you're anybody there. can. It's you. Oh, I don't think so. Maybe. Do you even want to be? That's the question. You know? No. That's, no. It's that's huge. It is all the journey. It is. It is. It's so true. Every old wise person says that to you and you roll your eyes, but it's so true. It's Even all about Miley the Cyrus says it. It's the climb. Oh, definitely wise people then. <laughs> definitely old and wise. Yes, <laughs> yes. Miley Cyrus, yes. She's yes. way older than her Disney Channel days. <laughs> way older. So true. So She's true. married. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming in again, man. Appreciate it. This has been great. Super fun. We'll have you back exactly one year and a half. From now, I want, see what else changed. Then I want um, the lacrosse talk to multiply. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the lacrosse games on ESPN at the Ocho. Good. Lacrosse is fun, just not cool. Unless you're in high school. Okay. All right. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Yep. See ya.